Hey. Log Talk Radio. beautiful pieces of life and string them together. Stemming from some intergenerational wisdom, we like to invite you to stop, feel, think, and see how we can transmute our energy that needs to be shifted. Last week on Mama's Pearls, we had children's book author Laura Duxta. Her books are You're a Gift to the World and The World is a Gift to You, as well as the best-selling children's book I Love You More. They're both flip books. And last week was Love Child. The pearl of last week was Children Are Love, and we kind of came to that space of wanting to expand our conversation with of love with our children from beyond just the routine I love you that they get so used to just kind of hearing day in and day out. Of course, we all love our children, but how can we take that deeper and kind of create a whole universe that emanates really from your heart center? Today we're taking a little bit of a departure from that love fest and kind of getting real. What happens when your children push you to the brink? And from the moment that they are born, you are tested in every single capacity as a parent. You're tested on a physical level, an emotional level, a psychological level, as well as a spiritual level. You're constantly in the state of giving with your children. You're constantly in a state of wanting to protect and oversee. And suddenly it becomes a you and me and us scenario where you as an individual kind of can get easily lost in that and kind of when you're testing those fences, you can hit up smack against some brick walls. And kids know better than anyone how to press your buttons. Just think of how you were with your parents to get an idea of just a slight magnitude of what your kids are experiencing. So this week we're going to shift gears and have a little bit of a welcome See, it's like a, an intermezzo here as this week's show is called Raw Talk and Raw Talking Mama. And the pearl of the week is that you got to love the deep end, folks. The kids will push you into that deep end. And if you don't learn how to swim, you are going to drown. Luckily, there's a bit of humor out there. And humor kind of works better than going into anything violent. So... A humor break is exactly what we all need, and I am so thrilled and excited, and I've been cracking up nonstop since I first heard of our special guest today's book. It's called Go the Fuck to Sleep, and I should take this moment to note that there probably will be some language, (laughs) it's a little bit of adult language used in this show, so it's not for children, and just kind of understand that Exploring this side of ourselves is also within our spiritual and mature beings because it's kind of like 
Adam let the cat out of the bag. You know, we all kind of go along. We all reach those nights where we just have not had any sleep, and then we've reached the second night where we haven't had any sleep, and then the third night, and then the fourth night, and so on. And, you know, you're running around like a crazed lunatic as a parent, and you're feeling all alone and lost in this world. And then when you start actually talking to people and getting real and getting raw, you find out they're going through the exact same thing or they've been there. And this show is to let you all know that this is a universal issue of being there with you. So Adam is an accomplished author in his own right, and his new book, Go the Fuck to Sleep, is really an instant bestseller. It just came out on the market, and it's pretty much a runaway success, and it tackles all of the the feelings and emotions and the push-pull and the complete feelings of helplessness that you have as a parent when your little darling precious one just will not go to sleep. So I'm absolutely thrilled to to welcome to the show Adam Mansback. Adam, are you with us? I'm here. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. I'm not sure if that's coming from you or me. Um, it sounds okay on mine. Can you hear me twice? Yeah, no, I hear you fine. Okay, perfect. All right. So first, my first question for you is how did you sleep last night? I slept pretty well last night, actually. Things are uh, definitely better at, at my house than they were a year ago when I wrote the book. My daughter's three now. She was two then, and she's, uh, you know, she's turned a kind of corner, so <laughs> things aren't as dire as they were. All right. So what I understand from you coming up with this book is that it really was more of a whim, like you kind of just blowing off steam on Facebook. Is that true? Um, I originally wrote a post on Facebook one night saying, be on the lookout for my forthcoming children's book, Go the Fuck to Sleep, which it was just a joke. I didn't actually have any intention of writing it. But as soon as I typed that in, I sort of realized that I knew how to write that book. So a couple of weeks later, I sat down <laughs> and, you know, put it together. So you knew how to write that book. And I'm, I'm assuming your your little daughter was your superstar in it. Yeah, yeah. She was certainly the inspiration. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about your mindset When I wrote it? Yeah, when you wrote it and when you were drawing from your inspiration to write it um, You know, I, I think really with the book I just tried to be honest about the kind of interior monologue that I had That I went through and that I assumed other parents did as well In putting a kid to bed um, So there's kind of a dual narrative going on in the book There's on one hand, uh, a very traditional, soothing lullaby kind of thing in the first two lines of right. each verse, um, the kind of thing that you would read in a children's book and the kind of thing that you would say to a kid. And then the second two lines are sort of a switch into the parental consciousness, and it's the kind of thing that the parent is thinking but knows much better than to say to the child. Right. So I think the lesson there for parents is that when you when you buy this book, and I guarantee you you're going to buy this book or somebody's going to gift it to you, because I've already ordered it for gifts for some bridal showers and baby showers and that kind of stuff, is that you can read it to your kids until they learn how to read and just kind of read the first two lines. And then silently <laughs> mumble to yourself a second, <laughs> the second, nice. you know, punch phrase. That's a good approach. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but that would work. 
That would totally work. Um, but, like, for example, and what I love about this and what I think really took this book completely explosive on social media is when Samuel L. Jackson stepped in to do the narration of this book, which is available actually on a free download through audible.com. And the second you associate Samuel L. Jackson with this, like I can, I hear his voice when I'm reading this, and it just completely acts itself out. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think he did an amazing job. It's probably his best work since Pulp Fiction. Um, I mean, I've I've always heard my thoughts in Samuel L. Jackson's voice, so this is nothing new for me. But uh, yeah, he does, he does an incredible job bringing it to life, and. There have been a number of really great recordings of it. I mean, his is the official one that you know con- that constitutes right. the official uh, audio book. But we did a launch event at the New York Public Library, and Werner Herzog did a reading for us, which was also kind of mind blowing. I mean, hearing awesome. Werner Herzog read anything is kind of mind blowing. He could read like a list of you know ingredients on the back of a cereal box, and it would be terrifying. <laughs> Right. I mean, it, it's got to be just so amazing for you to see, like, what you were just, you started off on a whim, blowing off steam, and it's really just kind of taking off like a runaway train. Yeah, no, it's been very gratifying. And, uh, you know, the fact that I'm getting emails from people all over the world saying that this book has made them feel less alone in the struggle that they go through with their kids and made them feel right. like, you know, it, it makes it a little easier knowing that other people are dealing with it as well is really gratifying for me. Um, I think there's a lot of silence uh, around the more difficult aspects of parenting. And so, right. you know, if, if this helps people to talk more honestly or openly about it or even just to laugh at something that is frustrating but, you know, is a small part of a greater mission that we all love and enjoy so much, then that's a great thing. Right. I mean, with with parenting, you know, I always say that even the even the bad is good because it's your children, and obviously you love them. But there's buts. Like there, it's all good, but some of it really sucks, and you're going to be tested to the limits as a parent. And I think your book kind of hits the nail on something that every parent deals with from day one. The second your babies come out of the box, yeah. it's a challenge. And yeah. keeping up with their sleep schedule is a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and at some point, like, the, your self-preservation kicks in where you kind of are like, it's either you or me, kid. I'm either going to, like, drop dead, pass out on the floor or I'm going to hold you for another hour. <laughs> right. And I, and, I, and I remember, like, over 10 years ago, well before I became a parent and before it was even kind of like a thought in my mind, one of my former colleagues who has four children and, you know, is one of the smartest people I know, she's grounded, she's stable, she never kind of gets swayed, never really had, like, a spaz attack at work. <laughs> And she was saying how with every single one of her children, when she was at night and they wouldn't go to sleep and she was holding them in her arms and pacing back and forth and watching the click tick on, and it's 1 a.m., it's 2 a.m., it's 3 a.m., 
And she said not, there was always that moment where she was like, hmm, should I just kind of walk over to the window and just toss him out? Uh, <laughs> Nobody would really notice. Wow. Yeah. And that was coming from her, and that kind of was the first time that somebody honestly looked at me and was like, you know, it's not all peaches and cream. Right, right. So for me, it's like understanding, like, what you're saying about opening it up and just being honest, that parenting comes with the good, the bad, the ugly, and the many a sleepless nights. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um you know the 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 fact that uh these things are universal but are often sort of you know swept under the rug i think is a problem um, right and and you know i think i think generally we we are far more far too isolated in our lives um you know as parents in relationships most of the struggles that people go through are pretty standard pretty common um but there's a lot of secrecy there's a lot of desire to, you know, appear perfect or, you know, maintain appearances and act like everything is all good. And, you know, I think that's something that I'm very invested in trying to break down. I think that the more we're able to discuss these things with friends, with family, um, the, the, the happier we'll all be and the more we'll sort of be able to talk each other through these things. You know, I think um, that used to be the role of extended family and community and you know right, right. as the as the nuclear family has become kind of the standard unit in society a lot of that falls away um and disappears and doesn't get replaced in any kind of viable sustainable way so um you know for me as a as a parent and and you know as a as everything i am as a writer as a parent as a you know person in the world it's it's really important that these kinds of extended community bonds exist and be strong and be consciously attended to um, so that, you know, we don't all kind of go crazy in isolation. Right. And I, and I think you know, catching people right when they're at the brink yeah. is what your book is doing and what you're basically saying to enter in, into that space where parents can absolutely go crazy being a parent and with your children and you need some sort of outlet, some sort of constructive relief to help you through that. Not everybody has developed, you know, ultra-spiritual practices, but I will tell you, even the most ultra-spiritual people I know with hardcore practices still get driven to the, <laughs> still get driven to the brink by their children. So doing it through humor and just kind of opening up the space and saying, hey, it's okay if you had a crazy night and are ready to, you know, smack your kids upside the head. Like, it's going to happen. Right, absolutely. And I, and I think in our culture, aside from the isolation, is we have so much guilt that goes with everything. You know, like yeah. we have to kind of just get over the guilt, like it, it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, right, I mean, guilt is something that we foist on ourselves, you know, and, and thus right. it's totally within our, our own uh, abilities to stop feeling that way and to just kind of get over it. And, you know, I think more now probably than in the past, there's this culture of, of sort of preciousness around parenting and, and you know, uh, perfection and, and self-image that's caught up in sort of unrealistic notions of what it means to, you know, be a parent, be a good parent. Um, and, yeah, it's 
you know, not helping anybody really. Right. Well, and, and also, like nobody far from perfect. Yeah, and also like you know, nobody gives a shit. You know, like nobody cares ultimately <laughs> what kind of parent you are. Like, you know, there's this notion I think that we that we all have that we're constantly being watched and judged. And you right, know, right, whether right. even if that was true, like, why would that matter anyway? You know. <laughs> But the fact well, is, it, like, it only matters in the sense of, you know, what's running around out there as far as children. Are you raising good kids? Are you raising kids that have a strong value system, that are connected, that can love? You know, or are you raising little little maniacs? Right. Because that's, that's the only reason why it matters for a society is what you're kind of pumping into the world. What are you putting in the classroom with my kid? Mm-hmm. But whether or not your kids sleep, you know, that that spawns a whole other debate about bedtime. My kids are are definitely late to bed, late to rise. You know, where my where my neighbors and my other friends they have their kids down at seven and lights are out. You know, I can't I can't my household will not function like like that. So it it's the it's kind of like the push pull about what goes on in your your own household as far as what are societal norms and do they really are the are those societal norms still kind of applicable but at the end of the day if i think you're doing everything wrong but your kid is still a sweetheart does it really matter mhm yeah no that's that's well said do you have a strict bed time in your house yeah yeah my daughter goes to sleep, you know, at the same time every night and uh gets up, you know, at roughly the same time every morning. And that's that's been the case, you know, since she was really little. Um Is it earlier or later? I don't know what anybody else does, so it's hard for me to say. She's uh you know, we try to get her in bed around seven thirty or so. Seven thirty, okay. Yeah. You're you're in the seven thirty pack. See, my kids are like, if the sun is still up, I'm not taking a bath and I'm not getting in my bed. Mm. So our summer nights definitely get longer. Like my kids will definitely be be up between like nine, nine thirty, ten. There's been occasions where they caught Saturday night live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean we're we're just a late household, but they'll also sleep later. They'll sleep nine, ten. 11, last week on, you know, our summer break, it was my daughter was sleeping till 11.30. And that's, you know, kind of an unheard of in a lot of other families. Mm-hmm. You know, my my friends know that we don't make morning play dates. We'll make afternoon play dates. So, you know, the whole notion of getting kids to bed in every single household is different. Some parents need to go to bed by 9 o'clock because after that they're just kind of done and can't function. A parent like, you know, myself, like, I'll, I'll be up at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'd rather be up later than have to wake up wake up at 6 or 7 with my child. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, but, you know, taking that back into society, you know, most of my friends are like you, where it's, let's get our kids down at 7, 7.30, we have our night, and they're down. And they do go crazy if the kids are up any later. Yeah. Right. But um, but I think ultimately, you know, the whole thing with parenting is that it's constantly trial by fire. I don't think there's any one formula that's going to work for every single person across the board. You know, the the only really thing, the only really thread that does work is to just love your children unconditionally. And no matter what you do, understand that you are supported. Whatever challenge you're facing, 
in parenting, know that you are not alone in facing that challenge, particularly around bedtime, whether you have an early to bed or late to bed. We've all kind of been there and still wanting to get our little angels down to sleep. Yeah. Adam, have you thought of any sequels? Uh, there's certainly been a lot of suggestions for sequels. You know, people are hitting me up every day with <laughs> titles, but uh, I'm I'm not particularly inclined to do a sequel right now. Um, you know, I mean, the the, the, you the just thing is, this ride. what's that? Yeah, yeah, I'm you happy just to sort of ride this for a while. I mean, you know, a lot of the suggestions for sequels in you know like don't seem to me to portend a particularly good book. I mean. The thing about this book is there's a whole genre of bedtime books to sort of riff on, and everybody's read them, and so you kind of know what the form is. You know, so people are like, ah, yeah, I got your next book. It's called Eat Your Fucking Vegetables. And it's like, yeah, you know, like I don't really see a, a book in that. <laughs> you know, there's no such thing as an Eat Your Vegetables book. Um, so, you know, at some point I may do something in, in, the, in the genre, whatever this genre is, uh, adult children's books or something. But, I'm, you know, I'm in no rush. I don't want to sort of do something just for the sake of getting another book out. I think more likely is that the the follow-up to this will actually be, uh, as you suggested earlier, sort of like a G-rated version of this book, something that is appropriate for kids, because uh, my publisher, Johnny Temple at Akashic, he's got a five-year-old son and a three-year-old, and he read the book to them in a kind of censored form because they were really curious about it because the book was causing their household to be in a state of constant upheaval for the last, you know, three months. (laughs) And uh, they found it really funny because, you know, in that form, it becomes this book from a parent's perspective about a mischievous kid who won't go to bed. And they totally are those kids and, like, recognize themselves in it and and appreciated it and thought it was hilarious. So I think that may be the follow-up is sort of like not a censored version, but a G-rated version with the verses altered to be kid-friendly. Right, and and I love what you say, too, about it gives the, the kids a chance to kind of step into the parental consciousness. Yeah, exactly. And they kind of see the, the effect that they're having on their poor parents who are too strung out to kind of deal with them. Right, exactly. <laughs> At a certain point. Exactly. And like I said, you know, kids know how to press your buttons. And, like, my daughter has such a motor on her, and she only really gets started at 8 o'clock at night. Right. So my husband and I, we kind of always joke, like, we wish that we did have a crossbow tranquilizer gun that was legal. <laughs> right, right. Aim right, at, aim right at her ass and she'll finally, you know, go. Because she really won't go to sleep until she's utterly spent of energy. Right. And, you know, and some nights it's awesome and it's funny and it's cute because, and like you said, like, even with the pictures in your book, it's like your kids are so freaking adorable, and you know that they're playing you. You know that they just want, like, that extra minute of your attention and your love. Um, and they know what they have to do. It's not like they, you know, they know it's time to go out and play. Like, they know it's bedtime. Right. They will just keep playing with you. Like you said, they'll ask for to go to the bathroom. And, like, how do you deny that request as a parent? Right. <laughs> Especially when they're toilet trained. You get them to such a certain point where they're finally going on the potty, like if they say they have to go to the bathroom, you're psyched that they can go on their own. Right. But then you go into, okay, now they want the milk. Now they want this. Now they want that. And what do you do? Right. 
So I just love it. I think it's an amazing, amazing addition to every busy parent's work um, bookshelf. I love that it's a new genre of basically adult children's version style book. book. Um, I like it ten times better than Goodnight Moon. <laughs> and, believe, and believe it will totally be an instant classic like that. And from what I was reading, you know, every article sequentially in order with the date, where it's, you know, your your publisher started with 100,000 copies, 150,000 copies, the 200,000 copies. So it's just amazing to kind of be at the beginning and, you know, and witness you kind of just starting to take off. So I personally appreciate the book. I love it. And I just wish you a ton of good luck with it especially on your mission and really helping parents understand that they are not alone. It is a universal issue. <laughs> and when you get to the brink again with parents, you know, again, the deep end, not everybody can pass the deep water test. And we've all been in that side of the ocean, and we are all here for each other to lend a hand to throw a life preserver and really to, you know, to laugh it through together. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for having me and for the support. I really appreciate it. You've been on board since the very beginning <laughs> when the book wasn't even out yet. So I, I really yeah. it's glad it's fun to finally be on here and get to talk to you. I really appreciate it, Adam. The second I saw it, I, I contacted your people and was just so excited about it. I would I would love to take a few moments and ask you my come tell mama questions. Okay. You up for it? Uh yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So when you do finally have sleep and are rested and are not writing, what is your personal luxury indulgence? My personal luxury indulgence? Um you know, at this point, it's it's really reading. Um, you know, as a writer, one should read as much as possible, and that's not always the case. Uh, it's not always feasible for a number of reasons, whether it's the work you have to get done or the kids or the putting the kids to bed. So for me, as simple as it sounds, being able to sit down and read a book for pleasure, not a book that I'm teaching, not a book I have to write a review of, but a book that I just want to read is like an incredible luxury that happens far too infrequently. Mm-hmm. And which of the following would you prefer or would you choose? The best sex of your life? The best meal of your life? Or the best sleep of your life? <laughs> the best sex. Okay, you're a guy. Um, what is your favorite movie genre? My favorite movie genre? Um any movie in which Bruce Willis gets to say something funny and then punch somebody in the face. <laughs> so it's also a good time to mention that Fox did purchase the film rights to your book. Yes. <clears throat> so that's awesome. I cannot wait to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk, we'll talk back uh, talk back then when that starts going. Yeah. When it comes to food, which do you prefer, sweet or salty? Salty. Both? What's that? What did you say? 
I said salty. You're you're kind. Of, I'm getting a little weird echo, so I'm trying to answer the first echoing, voice right? I hear. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. All right. Um, uh, so not a technical person, but um, considering there's two minutes left, I'll just kind of keep going. All right. Um, what do you consider your most beautiful feature? My most beautiful feature. 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 Wow. Um, my sense of humor. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> you catch I'm, you catch me all kinds of off guard with these questions. I don't know where you're taking this thing next. Mhm. Uh, what and what is the best advice your mama gave you? Um, my mother told me when uh, Vivian was born, or probably before Vivian was born. She said, "Adam, it's never too early to stop saying fuck." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Although she she uh you know, I, I learned that from her at a very young age. She she uh was a reporter who was in a, a busy city desk newsroom environment with a bunch of like cigar chomping journalists, so she had uh you know, she had to learn to curse almost in, you know, self preservation. So she's excellent at it. And that is a perfect way. Your mama gave us a perfect way to close out this show, which is that parenting is a survival skill. It is a matter of, sometimes it is a matter of self-preservation. And books like yours and people like you out there who just kind of get it and can kind of turn it on its head and spin it into something beautiful and that we all can relate to, with your book, Go the Fuck to Sleep, it's just such a welcome reprieve and a really, really a handbook in our survival school belt as parents. So, Adam, thank you again for being with us today. My pleasure. And Thanks for having me. I'm wishing you many restful nights. Thanks a lot. You too. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Adam. Bye-bye. So that was Adam Manzak, author of Go the Fuck to Sleep. The book is available online through Amazon. You can also go to www.adammansbach.com, M-A-N-S-B-A-C-H.com. And again, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children and your family. Say I love you. And remember that sometimes when you're swimming in the deep end, you guys just all need to turn off the motor and go the fuck to sleep. Have a great weekend, everyone. Talk to you next week.